Welcome to the Picaro Community Green Forum, an open space for thought leaders to discuss the ongoing challenges in gas, energy, and beyond. I'm Tracy Boyd, Marketing Director for Picaro, and the episode you're about to hear is part of our expert series covering methane data collection, leak detection, and emissions measurement. Our guests will share their perspectives on where the industry is and what is next, providing important insights into what is fast becoming a new language, the language of methane emission measurements, quantification, and abatement. Joining me today are Picaro's Francois Ranger, Senior Director, Solutions Architect, Climate and Safety, and Sean McMullen, Senior Director, Software and Data Analytics. So at a high level, tell me about the different types of methane leak detection technologies available today. Sean, why don't we start with you? Uh, most methane detectors are based on uh, one of two physical processes. Um, the first being that certain wavelengths of light are absorbed uh, differently by methane than they are by normal air. And the second uh, being uh, flame ionization. So this is based on the detection of ions that are formed as part of the combustion process. And so those types of detectors can be used uh, for many different types of hydrocarbon measurements, but typically use methane as a standard reference. So um, from those two technological principles, um, there are two main approaches that are used for detecting uh, methane plumes and, and doing quantification. So um, typically uh, split into two categories called passive and active. So passive sensors um, are typically positioned at a distance, which may be far away from the gas plume, um, and they measure the reflection or lack of reflection of the sunlight as it passes through the plume and, and gets reflected back to the source. And so typical implementations of these types of passive sensors are um, mounted to satellites. Um, they could also be on aircrafts, helicopters, or um, even in ground-based sensors, such as optical gas imaging cameras. Um, on the other hand, uh, active sensors um, rely on some of these same principles of how methane absorbs the light, um, but here they require the instrument to shine a laser um, through a gas sample and then look and see what gets reflected uh, back uh, through the source. Um, so in these implementations, uh, the, the light source, uh, the laser and the detector might be fairly close to the gas plume. Um, such as in a handheld system, or they might be at larger distance mounted to uh, aircrafts or helicopters. Um, and then some of these active sensors actually require the uh, instrument to be directly within the gas plume to make a measurement, sometimes by pulling the gas into a chamber um, in which to analyze it. And so those types of sensors can be built um, to be very sensitive, measure very, very small concentrations of, of methane. Um, and then for the gas leak detection applications, those types of sensors are typically mounted on drones uh, or in vehicles or on handheld device devices um, so that uh, an in-situ measurement of the of the gas plume can be made. Okay, so a lot of options available um, out there. So help me understand how do these technologies fit into the context of measuring methane emissions in a distribution network specifically, Francois? Yes, thank you, Tracy. Um, yeah, and at first I would like to point out that uh, detecting and measuring are two different things. So let's start with detection first. Um, so as uh, Sean has mentioned, um, so you, you may uh, take measurements uh, from distance. And uh, when uh, it's for the satellite, for example, you may have challenges with visibility in terms of uh, 
clouds and that prevent uh, the detection itself. Uh, so that's the first thing that you have to consider. Another issue is the resolution. Uh, for satellites also, uh, you may have several meters to several kilometers of uh, resolution. That can also prevent the detection of small leaks. Um, and then uh, the detection limit. Um, in, uh, for satellites and, and aircrafts, uh, the, sat the detection limit is typically for a satellite about 100 to 150 kilogram per hour, which in terms of, uh, of uh, cubic foot per hour is about uh, 5,000, uh, mm -hmm. which for distribution system may not be in the range of what is seen, because for distribution system, a, a very large leak is 10 cubic foot per hour. Uh, for for aircraft, uh, it's about uh, um, about one kilogram per hour, which is about 50 cubic foot per hour. There is a, um, a nice article from William Collins from uh, Berkeley on a number of orders that uh, summarizes that has been published in in February, uh, no, in July, sorry, in July, and uh, a good reference uh, presenting uh, this uh, this um, uh, detection limits. Another important point is to consider is the fact that the detection limit itself is, which is helpful to uh, qualify different detectors, is not a, a abrupt uh, frontier. Is not you don't see a leak and then uh, for a slightly larger you will see it all the time. It's actually a gradient. Um, uh, Matt uh, Matt Johnson. Um, recently at uh, CH4 Connections, I've made a, a very nice presentation about it, explaining how this gradient varies in function of the weather conditions. Also, the wind has an impact on the detection limit. So the detection limit, which is a convenient way to uh, organize the different detectors, be, uh, must be considered with uh, uh, um, um, cautious in order to take into account all the, the uh, different factors that can um, impact it. Um, the on the on the other hand, you you have also some some issues with the SWAT. Uh, so the ability to cover a large enough uh, territory or large enough part of of the territory in order to detect the potential leaks in this area. For an aircraft, for example, this SWAT is very narrow. And a distribution system is not a linear um, asset. It's uh, actually a sort of network. Mm. Uh, and uh, so with an aircraft, uh, you, you cannot really cover with one flight uh, a, part, a large part of the distribution system. So you need to do uh, back and forth. And, uh, and of course, in terms of uh, effectiveness, uh, you, you lose a lot of time from, from that. Um, the same thing with actually the other side, the Andel device. The Andel device have a very small SWAT. It's actually you have to be on the leak to detect it. So, mm -hmm. it, uh, the, so the, the, the challenge rated here is to make sure that you cover everything. And that takes, of course, a lot of time by foot to cover every piece of asset very, very precisely to make sure that uh, you are not missing uh, a, a leak because you are a little bit away from it. So in that context, uh, um, the, the, the vehicle-based systems are, are fairly natural for a distribution system. You have streets, uh, the, the pipes are along the streets, the houses are, of course, along the street as well. So you cover easily 
uh, the main and also the services because the SWAT is, is, is large enough when the wind is blowing the gas towards the car. And that way you can you can um, cover uh, the the system to be to be uh, analyzed. Um, back to the, the 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 problem of of measuring compared to detection. Uh, uh, so uh, what we said about detection is one thing, but detecting a leak is not enough to actually quantify it. Uh, more more parameters need to be measured. And uh, and that's also required to be close to the leak and to detect or measure uh, elements like uh, the wind direction, the wind speed, uh, the nose of the, um, the, the environmental conditions. And from there, actually infer uh, the flow rate of the leak. OK, so we've covered the different types of detection solutions the pros and cons um, of each really understanding how critical understanding detection limit um, is. Let's talk a little bit about how data needs to be collected and analyzed in order to measure the emissions of a distribution network. Sean, can you give us a little detail into, into that, please? Sure. Um, so I would I would consider this maybe in sort of three approaches um, in order to, to measure the distribution network. And so the first being uh, what are called emission factors. Um, these are engineering estimates, um, which are typically derived from spot measurements of leaks, um, most typically through these handheld uh, uh, measurements like Francois just mentioned. You have to be right on top of the leak, but you can then do a direct quantification of it. Um, and so this is historically how uh, uh, emissions on distribution uh, networks have been reported. And so while these devices are typically sensitive enough to be able to detect most of the leaks, um, the approach itself has a very large uncertainty because um, it's not practical to really do this at scale. So typically small sample sizes um, are used. Uh, they're not specific to any particular network, but more of an average representation. And even in some cases, uh, very small, less than 10 spot measurements have been used uh, to define the emissions over a full asset class on, on a particular network. So from there, we can extend that to a, a methodology where a direct quantification of of part of the network is is made uh, and then the result is extrapolated. So this is better than a static emission factor approach, but it's still challenging because of the very skewed uh, leak size distribution. You need a large number of samples to really characterize and understand your network very well. Um, and then it's also challenging to really represent the uncertainty involved in an extrapolation because you need to ensure that the part you've measured is uh, statistically representative of the part you've, you've not measured um, in terms of uh, asset class, material types, pipe vintages, terrain, et cetera. So from there, really the gold standard approach would be a full measurement, a full direct measurement of the entire network. And so um, as Francois mentioned, um, vehicle-based is really a natural choice for a distribution network. Um, the technology um, now enables this to, to scale in a way. It's quick, it's not invasive, um, and it provides broad coverage on the distribution assets. So here, uh, the vehicle crosses the gas flume uh, within a couple of seconds. Um, it's able to 
then provide a direct measurement of the flow rate using the concentration and atmospheric conditions, such as the wind uh, speed and wind direction. And really most importantly to note in this uh, full direct measurement approach is that it really gives you the opportunity then to not only report your emissions, but uh, to reduce your emissions. And so prioritizing the large, uh, largest leaks for repair uh, is the most effective way to, uh, to abate emissions. Uh, you really can't reduce effectively what you don't measure. So um, in terms a little bit more about the methodology then, um, so it turns out that there's uh, over the direct measurement, there's a bias which is introduced um, from this direct measurement of a very skewed distribution that tends to give a measurement device a higher chance to overestimate the leak compared to underestimate it. And so um, we've developed a method um, which corrects for that bias in a statistical way. And then what you're left with is an uncertainty that's uh, random in nature. And so that's really important because it means you don't need to be very accurate on the measurement of a single leak in, in the network in order to get a very small uncertainty on the total emissions. And so in, in controlled release testing for vehicle-based systems, um, the demonstrated typically about a one order of magnitude uncertainty, about a factor of 10 um, on the quantification of a single leak. And then once this bias is corrected, this uncertainty then reduces as more leaks are measured. So that can be the order of 10% or so uncertainty by the time a few thousand measurements are, are made um, and even down to a few percent um, if, if order of 10,000 uh, leaks are measured. And so then the result here is that you have um, for each measurement made by the vehicle, you can assign that uh, a certain leak size that will provide a fair estimate of the total emissions when it's summed over the entire network. Um, and most importantly, again, this also really then enables the framework for quantifying uh, directly the abatements, abatement efforts um, in programs uh, where all the leaks are measured, but only the largest emitters are, are prioritized for, for repair. Okay, interesting. So you're, you are able to kind of adjust for that uncertainty or, or at least understand it and, and, and make sense of it in the numbers. Um, Francois, can you describe for me why a measurement-based inventory is so critical? Why is it so important today? Yeah, and as Sean mentioned, I think measurement is, is critical because, uh, because of the importance of methane emission in global warming. Most uh, of stakeholders really want to have a, a, a qualification of the emissions uh, very specific to a system or an area. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, uh, as Sean has mentioned, is, is a way also to drive abatement uh, uh, in order to be precisely, to know precisely where to, to look at in order and to act in order to reduce emissions. Uh, there, are, there are emerging efforts in terms of standardization and, and methodology uh, that is uh, underway. Uh, uh, GTI has l uh, launched a new activity around uh, uh, Veritas that uh, uh, aim to develop a protocol that can be shared by the different stakeholders uh, to uh, characterize uh, emissions based on measurements. Uh, also, OGMP 2.0 um, include uh, measurements uh, in this higher level of characterization of uh, the emissions 
in order to uh, be more specific and better represent uh, the different uh, assets and network. And uh, again, um, uh, what is important in, in uh, emission measurements is the ability to reduce, to uh, abate the emissions. And uh, by doing these measurements, uh, we have an opportunity to prioritize uh, the larger emitters in order to treat them in, in first uh, and, and get, uh, by that way, the best abatement uh, rapidly. Uh, and to continue to uh, maintain uh, the different assets in order to uh, re minimize the emissions by addressing the larger uh, emitter first. Um, so I think that's a good place to end. Um, I want to thank everyone for their time today. Some very interesting thoughts on methane leak detection technology, um, really discussing the art and science behind how these technologies can work for distribution networks and helping us understand why measuring methane emissions directly is so important. Um, if you would like to learn more on this topic and um, to become a linguistics expert in methane measurement, as Francois mentioned, you can look up Veritas, a GTI Energy Differentiated Gas Measurement and Verification Initiative, the OGMP 2.0 reporting framework, and of course our own website, gas.picaro.com for further information and further reading. Up next, we will continue this language lesson by discussing various abatement methodologies available to you and hear from more experts. Thank you for your time today.